In this series, I hope to introduce Islam as a religion, as a tradition, its culture and its history. I will be covering a great deal of ground and moving fast, so please stay with me. I will talk about the Prophet of Islam and the Holy Book of the Muslims, the Quran, the five pillars that define Muslims. I will describe the divisions between Shia and Sunni. I will talk about the mystic forms of Islam, of Sufism. I will touch on the early Arab dynasties and the glories of Muslim Spain, the three great Muslim empires. I will talk about the role of women and tribes in Islam. And nearer to our own times, I will discuss the Western colonial period, the Muslim world today, and finally, the way forward for all of us in our age of globalization with its developments in information technology, in transport, in communications, and of course, the confrontation between religions and sects and races that we seem to be confronting. For me, the urgency of explaining Islam was confirmed on September 11, 2001. On that day, a few minutes before 9 a.m., I walked into a classroom at American University in Washington, D.C., having joined the teaching staff only a few days earlier. I was about to hold my second class on the subject of Islam, which at that point seemed of remote interest to the young Americans seated before me. I wondered whether I'd ever get their attention. I had hardly begun explaining that Islam can only be understood in the complex framework of theology, sociology and international affairs, that its story centers on a major traditional civilization confronting the forces of globalization when I noticed a change in the class. Two students abruptly left the class, only to return a few minutes later looking dazed and agitated. A ripple of hushed murmurs spread throughout the room. The only words I could make out were, something terrible has happened. A few more students walked out of the class, their cell phones in hand. Muslims had flown a plane into a building in New York, someone whispered. An ashen-faced student said a plane full of passengers had also smashed into the Pentagon, only a few miles away from our campus. This was beginning to sound like an implausible Hollywood film. As I tried to continue my discussion, little did I realize that the most climatic moment of American history in the 21st century to date was taking place right outside our walls and a few hundred miles to the north. It did not take long for the enormity of the morning's events to sink in. Whatever had happened, and whoever was responsible, Muslims everywhere would be tainted by the tragedies in New York, Washington and Pennsylvania. The world would never be the same again. What was transpiring was a massive Muslim failure. Not only were the perpetrators Muslims, but they had committed an act forbidden in Islam, namely the killing of innocent people. On a deeper level, Muslim leaders had failed to adapt to the rules of the modern world, and Muslim scholars had failed to disseminate their wisdom throughout their societies. Equally important, the world at large had neglected to understand Islam and accommodate one of its great and most sophisticated religions. 
Before arriving in Washington, I had spent many years explaining the complexities of Islam to a variety of people in different forums. As someone who had lived and worked in both Muslim and Western nations, I suspected that a storm of unimaginable ferocity was brewing, and when it finally did arrive on September 11, the need for understanding had become more urgent than ever before. As a scholar teaching Islam, and as a Muslim living in the United States, I saw that I was facing the greatest challenge of my life. I resolved to put to good use my education, my friendships, and my experiences in different Muslim communities. I would redouble my efforts to help Muslims and non-Muslims begin the process of bridge-building, understanding, and dialogue.